1: Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn. horror still in Amityville. Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes Low be Dog Man, howling in the street. I'm typically skeptic of what I see. Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans. Thunderbird swamp thing. Is it real? I was wondering. Typical. Skeptic show. Typical. Skeptic show. Okay, we're recording. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I got referred to my next guest by, very mysteriously, by a woman that went by the name of S3. but It's a long story, but what I have with me is Ola, Ola Wolny. She's with um, SelfMasteryQuest.com. She does Babylonian and Vedic astrology. But it's not just that. She's actually put in the time and she studied ancient texts figure out what's really going on what's the, the story behind uh, you know our history and she has some conclusions that she's come up with that are really interesting so um i'm gonna basically give the floor over to her but i have questions too but um we're gonna talk about you know our ancient history and she actually even looked into my chart my astrological chart for me because what you guys are going to find out is that the most of that Astrology being done today, I guess it's off of a computer program, whereas this Babylonian astrology is the real deal, and we can get more into that. But first, I want to give her a warm welcome to the show. Ola, thank you for joining me. How are you?
0: Thank you so much, Robert. Um, very well. And thank you for having me. Um, I'm really, really um, happy that you invited me. And this is an, a great pleasure to be here. Um, and I would absolutely love to share a little bit of what I've established recently.
1: Yes. And I think what I think is so interesting is that you, you, you studied a lot of the ancient texts. You've studied the, the Gnostic texts, the Sumerian texts, the Um, The Vedic texts and, you know, they're they all point to, well, would you want to give the audience some of your conclusions like and I'll fill in with questions like, but if, if you want to introduce people to who you are and what it is you do and what you've studied and stuff like that, if you could give the, you know what I mean? Right,
0: Definitely. So perhaps surprisingly to many, I, my background is actually engineering and oil and gas. And that's where I spent majority of my life. But um, that's not really uh, my purpose or my calling. And I finally, at some point, decided to step more into the, the right path, if you like. And that's when I uh, started speaking up. Uh, about what hopefully we can talk about today um, so basically I I've been looking into astrology uh, into the esoteric phenomena for a lot of a lot of years however I think that when you have that kind of career in uh, the corporate environment you know you almost have to come out of the closet when <laughs> you know, <laughs> with, the, with this kind of stuff so um, all that been tucked away and it was kind of a weekend hobby. Um, however, I've always w- uh, wanted to to do justice to to that um, passion and now I'm able to do that. So yes, indeed, I've had uh, quite a, um, quite a look across variety of different texts. I what I've established studying astrology is that, I think we do a lot of disservice to ourselves when we focus only on one system. Because it seems that the ancient knowledge has been fragmented, sort of cut into pieces and tucked away in uh, different geographies and different cultures, different texts. So in order to actually get a full picture, you really have to uh, go after pretty much every single one available there and try to piece it back together. Um, and that's that was sort of my way into it from the astrology side of things and I will explain to you why because I think it might surprise you the way or the reason why I got into astrology and how I view astrology because I actually do not view it as some kind of divination and I don't really think we should look at it in a most benevolent way I think this is a code of some sort and this is what i would like to talk to uh today about what i've discovered based on the ancient text is that astrology is basically a code and that seems to be the code to the matrix
1: that's that's wow. That, i mean when you uh just to fill you in like when you said in on when you were on tony sayer's podcast that and, and me and you talked last week we, for the audience members, uh, Ola and I met last week and we spoke for like an hour about what we were going to talk about today. But one of the things I kind of made notes on was that you said in the Enuma Elish and other, you know, ancient texts, it's it says that Marduk created the Zodiac and the reincarnation mm-hmm. cycle. And, um, you know, and you say, it says that this in other texts as well, right? That someone, some God created this, Uh, zodiac which ends up in the reincarnation cycle or this cycle that we find ourselves trapped in correct
0: that's, that's right, I um, so, so what we basically are looking at is variety of ancient texts, and that's um, from Enuma Elish, which is the Babylonian creation myth, through the Hermes Trismegistus texts, so the Corpus Hermeticum, Nag Hammadi texts, um, Pistis Sophia, the Gnostic texts, through the Vedas and the Kabbalah, uh, the Tree of Life, Every single, um, basically every single geography, every single culture has very, very strong—not just references, but very strong explanations um, of what's happening in the sky. And I think that quite a lot of astrologers or quite a lot of um, interpreters—they just they, they sort of brush over it and they just take take it as well. This is just. You know, they observe the sky, that's, we all can do that. But actually, there's much more to that. Because if you look into the cosmology of various cultures, you will see that all of them seem to have sort of the same idea about what's above us, but more in a sense of a some kind of mechanism that's controlling. There is no one text which talks about the Zodiac, the mechanism of the Zodiac being a benevolent mechanism. It is always connected to something um, causing suffering, something that we have to preferably escape from, something that we are controlled by. So I I, I don't think that gives anybody a positive um, connotation. Um, and specifically, just, just to answer your question, yes, specifically Corpus Hermeticum, uh, so, so the, the hermetic texts, they do very um, openly, uh, they talk about uh, the fact that the reincarnation cycle has been created, um, and basically as we die, and if we don't know what to do after death, we will reincarnate back onto the onto this plane, onto Earth, so there is no way out of this plane of
1: the earth unless you know you you came up with you told me last week you have an idea of where we need to go when we die and if you could share that with the audience you didn't share that on tony's podcast but i think it's brilliant what the the idea that you came up you remember what we talked about last week I I i love your idea like if you could talk about that well i
0: I'm, I'm more than happy to, to talk about that. I think that this is a bit of a um, deep step into alchemy. So we're kind of going to have to uh, marry a little bit of um, mythology and ancient texts. What I want you to understand, and everybody, is that the, the mythology is not this is not a fairy tale this is what we are told to believe that it's a fairy tale it's just some kind of myths and it has nothing to do with with the truth where actually a a lot of truth is hidden and whether it be allegory or even not it is tucked away in mythology in those texts and if only we can get into it and decipher the message i think the ancients were very very clear in trying to warn us trying to educate us in a way and for sure trying to tell us what is the path and we find that in the history of jesus and mary magdalena we find that in the history of inanna and dumuzi we find that in history of uh, isis and osiris and we find that in history of venus or in a venus cycle So I probably not many people are very aware of um, Venus cycles themselves, so I don't really want to go into technicalities. But just to give you an idea, Venus is a very, very special star. Um, I call it star astrologically. Um, What we find out from Pistis Sophia is that Venus, unlike the other planets, doesn't seem to be corrupted by this mechanism which has been put in place over us, which perhaps we should should have touched on a little bit more to kind of give that explanation. And Venus is still potentially the one that is guiding us and helping us and trying to show us the way. So within the, the Venus cycle, there are 40 days, Quite interesting number, which tends to um, appear here and there in ancient texts, the 40 days uh, that Jesus spent in the desert, the, the 40 years that they were wandering in, in the desert, trying to, to leave Egypt. So the 40 seems to be quite a, quite a number. Venus spends 40 days in a so-called retrograde um, motion. So I, I'm not going to go into technicalities of that. However, in that retrograde motion, she goes from being so-called evening star to being invisible when she gets very close to the sun, and then she comes out on the other side as a morning star. And now what that means, when she is in the uh, evening star phase, we call, she's disappearing because she's basically getting closer and closer to the sun. Mythically, we call it that she's dying. Then in the phase where she's invisible, she's dead. And that space specifically is called the entrance or the descent to the underworld. And then when she reappears again as a morning star on the other side, that's the rebirth. So imagine that what we are being given here is basically some kind of symbology around Death, underground, whatever that could mean, and, and, and let's explore that. And after that, a uh, rebirth. If we look at the history of Jesus, we obviously have the death on a cross, um, after which he's being taken to the, uh, to the grave, which is a cave, right? And he's, uh, the cave is closed with a, um, with a big rock, with a stone. And after three days that stone is removed and it's not clear how the stone gets removed. Jesus is not there anymore. And then Mary Magdalena finds Jesus alive or so, so it seems alive. He tells her not to touch him because he hasn't ascended yet. So where was he in those three days? What happened there? So, What I am suggesting here, and this is really going also into the alchemy, is that what Venus is trying to tell us, and what Jesus' story is trying to tell us, is that the way out of this matrix is not up to the light, at least not first, but it's actually down. And this is where we get the story of the tree of life, which every culture has the tree of life, It's in Kabbalah, it's in the Nordic uh, mythology, the Yggdrasil, so-called. I happen to live in Norway, so I'm quite familiar with that. So so there is something there that's been perhaps hidden from us about the descent to the underworld, which, by the way, has a quite bad marketing, right? That's called hell quite often, especially in the religious texts. And you know, I think that quite often um, you find out that anything to do with truth is going to be twisted, given bad fame, bad name, bad connotation, so that you just don't go there.
1: Yes, yes, and that's that could be what has been keeping us in, in this reincarnation cycle, and if you think about the story of, like, Anana when she goes to rescue Dumuzi from her sister, Reshignal, who's... You know, controlling the underworld. It's weird because Anana has to remove uh, all of her, you know, princessly like wardrobes and garments and jewels. I never hmm. really figured out why that was, but maybe it's to strip the character um, because you're now going into another place, the underworld. She goes, because she goes to the underworld to rescue the and And I, I don't know. I mean, do you, does that relate to what you're trying to say, like, as well? Um, I, I think, I think that this is, this is
0: another amazing, beautiful story to talk about because, I mean, I, I probably will cause quite a lot of, um, I will rock the boat here, but I will dare to say that I don't believe she's going to save any man in the underworld. I believe she is going there for herself. It's a very symbolic journey. Uh, Ancient texts, a lot of them have been corrupted and they have been, there's there's been an overlay, patriarchal overlay there. So there is always a story of a man and a woman. um, And there is always a story of mostly the man um, being basically the, the one calling the shots. And, you know, underworld is not really the domain of a man um even though that's the the way it's been uh, portrayed in uh, mythology however why the man needs saving by a woman from the underworld whose domain is it then so the the descent of inanna through the seven gates of underworld and stripping from everything to me this is not any physical stripping of anything that she might be wearing. This is actually stripping from anything that is controlling her from the mechanism above us.
1: I love that. I love that. It's amazing.
0: Because you see, in order to be able to free ourselves from, from this place, we first really need to become fully, fully conscious of what is controlling us. And what I've been saying in my previous interviews is that what I have come as a conclusion to is that there is an ancient mechanism put above us, some kind of artificial intelligence type of mechanism, probably with some biological element to it, whereby there is a net of control and astrology yes the planets play part in it and they have been in a way i would say hijacked by the race that's put the mechanism in place
1: and this could be the Anunnaki, right like the the ones that were in the sumerian literature that we're all familiar with that Right.
0: Absolutely. I mean, for sure, the Enuma Elish, so the Babylonian creation myth, talks about Marduk creating um, uh, the stations for gods. So this is this is the link to the to the planets, um, uh, putting the moon in place. But really, really... Wait,
1: not- uh, here, isn't this... Way, I'm sorry, I mean to interrupt you, but isn't the moon really weird, too, because it doesn't go in... I mean, if we want to believe that space is real and all the planets mm-hmm. are out there and everything, the moon doesn't ever move. Like, you know how we go in rotation with the sun and all the other planets, too, supposedly and all that, which I want to get into the firmament with you, too, because I'm not a flat earther, but I'm, I'm, I don't agree that with with everything that we're being told is correct either, though. But what I was saying about that was, uh, where where, where was I going with that? But, uh, I just totally lost track of thought. Wow. um, The moon. Oh, is the root is the moon, the reincarnation trap. Is that the, is the moon like the fixture that's being in place to encapture souls? Do you think?
0: I, I definitely see moon as not a natural um, satellite or not a natural construct. I think it's been put in place there with a very specific function. I And also, the specifically, Enuma Elish talks about um, uh, that Marduk causes the moon to shine forth and the night is entrusted to him. So what, what, what does it mean? That, that he created the moon? For certain reason, I would say so. So I believe that the moon is part of the mechanism that we're talking about. And let me get to the flat Earth in a minute. Um, I believe that there is some kind of mechanism, something very, very advanced that we probably don't even know how to explain that. But there is some kind of mechanism that is placed on the moon to in some way affect the Earth and basically send some codes or however it is done, which corresponds to us. Because imagine that in our body, we have the so-called chakras, the energy centers. But it, interestingly enough, they are also linked to planets.
1: So That's weird. Are, yeah.
0: are, we, are, we, are, are we some kind of antennas receiving the energy and the impulses from somewhere up in the net, in the network in the sky? And obviously the moon being perhaps some kind of mechanism of coordination of that.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's interesting The The woman who uh, referred you to me, uh, she emailed me the other day and she was telling me that I seriously need to look into removing my chakras. And I, when I first heard about that, I was like, wait a minute, is that it's, it's confusing to me. But then I started thinking, like I've heard other people say like they, you know, like they were getting any entity attacked and then they removed their chakras and they've, felt better ever since so have you ever i didn't mean mean to uh throw your thought pattern off but um you made me think of that when you mentioned the chakras have you ever thought of removing the chakras and i mean i think it's something energetically we do it's not like a physical operation you know like it's something I, i i don't know completely but have you ever heard of this
0: I, yeah, yes, I did uh, hear about that, and actually, funny enough, there is a passage in in the Gnostic texts where um, one of the one of the Gospels says about Jesus um, casting out seven demons from Mary Magdalena. Now, how do we interpret that? You know, it's hard to know what what, what did he actually cast out. But I do have a theory. Is that what he did? Did he remove the chakras? Or maybe not remove them, but did he consolidate the energy that's been fragmented into different layers or different levels of chakras? Has he consolidated that into one? Hence, perhaps disconnecting her from the matrix influence.
1: Wow, that's deep. It's so that's
0: my that's my theory i cannot at this point sort of um prove it beyond any doubt there is definitely that context in the uh, in the gospel um but like i say my, my research continues but this is Along the lines of what you're saying, I, given the fact that the chakras are linked to the planets, I would say that there is a direct link. There is some kind of way that this would be a mechanism of us being connected to the outer. Uh, mechanism, and and uh, back to the flat Earth because quite often I think when you think flat Earth you you see this picture of literally the flat Earth and the firmament right, um, and and that's where everybody got the idea of the flat Earth and I don't really want to go into that discussion right now but I do want to go into the the visual side of it because that kind of picture that kind of visual representation is present as a cosmology of pretty much every single culture. And when I looked into that, I realized that what they are trying to tell us is that there is that kind of mechanism above us. So what we see as a permanent is a mechanism, is something, some kind of net. A
1: trap. something trapping us or trapping absolutely. our souls, right?
0: A- absolutely. And and in that sort of permanent or just above it, there is the Zodiac, which is the mechanism itself, right? So, in for example, in Pistis Sophia, when Jesus finally, uh, uh, in the part which describes his ascension, he goes through different levels and he goes through so-called eons. And it's um, 12 of them and they are connected to the Zodiac signs. So there is a mechanism up there and he goes through that mechanism. He sort of elevates higher, and while he does that, he uh, the text says that he is able to reduce the power or um, the influence of the of the planets of the zodiac by one third on us. So this is sort of the thanks to him, thanks to the journey that he that he's been through, he was able to accomplish that.
1: Yeah. So and that- with- was interesting is when if you read the book of robert Monroe when he was called journeys out of the body when he's like doing his out-of-body travels he said he had problems getting outside the van allen belt which is like you know that's the the belts outside of earth supposedly, right. like and he was like you you have to like kind of he said i think somebody said you have to like punch through those or something like that like um so those van allen belts could be the 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 thing holding us in here no maybe
0: i i mean to me the way i see it and of course you know there is a there is a scientific side of it which is what you're talking about i believe what it seems to me from these texts is that we are dealing with differences in dimensions so perhaps this mechanism is a at a different frequency level or in in a different dimension therefore we're trying to get from one dimension into another and that's why we're failing so we've been trapped in a way where physically physically the exit is impossible because you're trying to literally move between dimensions which probably physically you can't perhaps that's what's happening at the level of uh of the belt wow definitely from the pistis Sophia text specifically they do um say very very clearly that there is a there is a feminine and above the feminine there is a zodiac and that is as in the astral plane or astral level so it is a different type of um dimensions a different type of plane
1: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I wanted to ask you, did you ever see the the documentary that Billy Carson just made? It's called the black Knight satellite. It's about that something is monitoring us from right outside our planet. And it's almost like a, that a satellite image caught it. It's like something that is definitely like monitoring us. And they're saying that maybe it could be like from, you know, maybe this race or somebody that wants to keep an eye on us. It's almost like we're in like a game or a Petri dish, you know? It's very
0: really weird. I I wouldn't be surprised that, uh, I mean, if, if this mechanism that we're talking about, if that's been put in place and it really seems it has, then it's been put in place for a reason. So obviously whoever put it in place, and, and let's attribute that to Anunnaki, of course they would be um, viewing us, they would be observing us, they would be checking on us. And I will dare to say more. They would come back on regular basis whenever we have developed beyond the, the the level that they are comfortable with and probably do a reset
1: uh, yeah and they because they've done it many times before they've reset us exactly. many times as soon as exactly. we get to a point probably where we're getting now and when we're figuring things out and we're, where we're technologically advanced and we're figuring out things on a spiritual level they probably do this reset because why they want to feed off our energy like and you explained that beautifully on the the podcast you did where you were saying maybe they didn't come here for gold but can you talk about that a little bit
0: yeah definitely um so you know in the um there is this story that talks about Anunnaki coming to uh mine here for gold and that that was the original reason and that's why they created humans and 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 so the story goes however I kind of I question that because um if you uh, if you imagine a very very advanced race who in by whatever means travels whether that be across the universe or across the uh different uh frequencies different uh, uh, dimensions and they end up here and then they cannot mine for gold they don't have technology for that so they have to create humans and they go through different versions of the human because they sometimes kind of fail and and, and things sort of don't go exactly to plan. So I, I have a very hard time believing that, that they are so advanced, yet they cannot mine gold. Yeah. So 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 what I what I did is I kind of I, I went down the route of are we dealing with a translation issue? whereby there was a text originally obviously not written in in English that's been translated, perhaps mistranslated. So you see, when you look at the gold um, from the chemical perspective, the name of gold in Latin is aurum and the symbol A-U, aurum. So what is that? Where does it come from? Are we having a misinterpretation of the translation? Are we talking aurum as gold? Or are we talking aura, aura, the aura of a person, the energy field? The
1: energetic field, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Are they mining for that? And do they need this mechanism of zodiac to be able to connect to us, for example, through the chakras? in order to basically feed off that energy because if you think about the zodiac what, what, what is really the the um, the effect of it in some way it shapes your life it sends you um into through different experiences It um to some extent governs your choices Um, We have an illusion of free will, but I think most of the people who um, are totally on autopilot, they are actually fully controlled by by that mechanism. And it's only those that begin to um, regain consciousness, as I call it. The ancient texts talk about the ignorance. So you have to wake up from ignorance. They, they, They speak about it very, very clearly. There is no way out of the reincarnation cycle unless you awaken from ignorance. So what are we waking up from? Are we waking up from a mechanism that controls us? And are we waking up to the idea that there are some energies that are connected to us, that are basically influencing us and that are causing quite often, think about it, how many of us uh, had a wonderful life? Always happy, happy childhood, wonderful experiences and everything is great, life is easy. Probably not. It's it's never that way,
1: way, right? It's It's always, it's always suffering and and trauma and tragedy, right? It it, that's what it seems like, right? Absolutely. So now imagine
0: if you have a civilization wanting to feed off your energy, wanting to feed off those lowest uh, frequency type of emotions, then they are going to cause you with, in one way or another, something to suffer from, something to experience the trauma experiences to go through which feel like a big ordainment no, no, not something that you enjoy of course that here and there you're gonna enjoy your life and it's gonna be fine and then we're gonna be told that we have to have the lessons in life and we have to learn and we have to grow but hold on a minute are we those unlimited souls coming in here then why do we have to go through trauma
1: yeah why? It, it, you make you make make really good points, like, and and that would only make sense that they would try to feed off our energy, and then it's almost like when we figure out the game, they flip the switch and do a reset, like you said,
0: exactly.
1: And, and that's what I think history has shown that we've had cataclysms that have reset us. And I mean, because you can look at history and like, you know, like some of you can find early humans from like millions of years ago, and and it starts to sound bizarre. It's like, well, how did that happen? You know, like. It doesn't sound... Something's not right here, right? No,
0: absolutely, absolutely right. So it's exactly what you're saying. Uh, it seems that cyclically, every time we get to a certain level whereby we discover the game and we perhaps discover how to end the game, well, that's the time to press the button. So the question is, you know, what's going to happen this time around? Because probably people have gotten to this point in the past. So is there any way that this time the, the result can be different?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was just thinking about, do you think the different emotions that we feel like, you know, how we feel love towards our partner or our parents, do you think this is like an, like a, another trap in a way, like to, um to get us to feel certain ways especially like at the end when you go through the light because you know if you ever hear stories they'll say people of near-death experiences they'll say i went to the light and they say my grandmother was calling me from the light and and is that just their trap they use love to get you to go to the light so you keep reincarnating does that make sense
0: well well definitely the uh I mean, whether that be called going to heaven, right? So we are being programmed to go to the light. Uh, we're being talked, uh, told about that, and that's what uh, that's what we're being prepared. So after death, go to the light. But I I would strongly <laughs> advise to think about going to the light because. Why are those people waiting there for you to lure you into some kind of life review whereby you get told that, oh, you did this wrong and you did that wrong and you were horrible to this person and you basically have all those sins and all those bad things that you have to repay for. So here you are, you have to go back on earth and you have to meet those people and you have to work it out. And then, you know, then we're going to have a look next time. So you're into a loop Never ending loop. So I would say that absolutely just how you say they are using, obviously, uh, whether that be our loved ones, which are not probably even our loved ones. If they have such advanced technology, then they would be using holographic or whatever added technology to give an impression that there is something that's really good for you that guides you in that direction. Where I don't think that's the direction to take.
1: Yeah. Now how can we use astrology to help us beat the game or at least get ahead? Like, is it possible?
0: Well, I, I, you know, I, I'm afraid that anything that I can offer here, I will never be able to fully um, uh, check and 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 be able to sort of give evidence of that until I leave this plane, and then I can sort of have a look and, and, and try no, that. No,
1: no, I mean, like the the the, the, the I mean, like, can, can we use astrology to better our lives now? You know what hmm. I mean? Like, okay
0: that's what you mean i i i thought that what you mean is the the venus cycle so of course Mm -hmm. that we can we can perhaps go down that route and i would say that um, according to the text this is the this looks like probably the good bet on a way out of here in the meantime in the meantime and the ancients across all cultures talk about it the only way out is the consciousness is the knowing is understanding and leaving behind the ignorance so you see there is a lot of um uh, especially in the eastern philosophies they talk about just leave behind everything don't attach to anything but actually the the message what, what is really the message here well the message is that this is something more than what we are led to believe this this is more of a game right So let's not get so serious about it. Let's not get so attached. And this is where that kind of um, next level of consciousness comes in. It's not not to be a Buddha under a tree meditating. It is just to realize what we are trapped into. So using astrology, let's, let's be a step forward before these energies. So you see... I wouldn't really say that you are able to change those energies, but I think you are able to manifest them or to sort of navigate them and direct them in a way that works for you, that you want to manifest them rather than, rather than them just pouring out in your life in whatever way they want.
1: Yes. Yes. That makes sense. I like that.
0: So this is being one step ahead of the game, using the astrology as the code to the matrix
1: and this is the real astrology right like because you, the way you said it like that a lot of astrology like the tropical astrology is being done through a computer program right but this is not this is uh, the babylonian and the vedic astrology is different right it's uh, it's well it's it's the uh,
0: I, I think that a lot of astrology right now is is uh, being sort of done on the computer. The the difference is that when astrology was originally um, born and those texts were written back three thousand BC, five thousand BC, seven thousand BC, the astrologers of that time. They were looking into the sky. They were observing the phenomena. They were actually working with the living sky and not with a computer program, which is what we do now. So, so, so my point there was that a lot of people follow the tropical astrology, which is probably many will be surprised. It is not the actual position of the stars and the planets as they really are at your birth. It is actually a zodiac frozen 2000 years ago from the ptolemy times freezing the spring equinox at zero degrees aries and it doesn't move because it doesn't account for precession of equinoxes but that kind of phenomena exists so we cannot freeze the zodiac like that that's why i don't use the tropical zodiac i use the uh, sidereal zodiac for babylonian astrology vedic astrology it's the actual position of the it's the actual picture of the sky and the actual position of the planets
1: that's so interesting so uh, like let me ask you this like you looked into my chart or my i gave you my birthday and everything and all that stuff and uh, and what what is it what does it say about me like what i'm curious (laughs) well
0: if you if you're comfortable getting into quite personal stuff um, here on Earth, um we can we can get into that um, so. Let's, let's just do a sort of brief um, snapshot, uh, not, not to go too much, uh, too deep. So, so from the kind of more interesting things, I looked at the purpose of your incarnation and where you're coming from, what's sort of in your resources and, and what you bring bringing in. So the purpose of your incarnation, you um, have a focus onto the first house, meaning the self, but you're coming from the seventh house. So the house of relationships and um, interactions with others. And where that position is, um, is basically describing someone who is not going to be easily influenced by others. You like to have your own mind. You go to the beat of your own drum, um, as they say, independent Um, also there is a little bit of a, um, theme of commitment that perhaps you prefer to focus in your life on pursuing, um, your goals and what the passion is and why you're here rather than the relationships you're coming from that side of things. So this is not your focus anymore. This is more of a side thing. Um, It also describes someone who um, is uh, connected in some way to money, institutions around money. You could be working in some kind of money-related jobs or institutions, or you could have been. It's actually not the purpose of your incarnation. You have a talent in there, so you might have been doing it, but that's not ultimately your purpose.
1: That is true. Um, I I was a mortgage broker for 10 years. So you're, you're spot on. You're spot, I was a mortgage broker for 10 years.
0: Right. So, so that's very often what happens is people take that asset, take that um, resource, and they start doing it early in life because it's still there with them. But they find out as the years go by that while they are very good at that or they, and they, they, they sort of do it and, and it works, they don't get fulfillment from it. Some there's something missing, and that missing piece is right across on the other side of the zodiac. And that on the other side for you is a sort of space, an area to do with esoteric research, with getting down to the bottom of who are we, why are we here. So, basically, the stuff that you do on your podcast. Um, there is also an element of healing so you uh, and psychic abilities. So you also would be uh, able to probably work in, in, in that way if you chose to. Um, specifically in your case, uh, this placement would mean that the person um because the focus is on self and 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 it's nothing to do with being selfish or anything like that the focus is on self because you have a heavy mission to deliver here so you cannot be sort of distracted from it so that is often a person who would not be engaged in sort of relationships or you might attract a lot of interest but ultimately the family is not really on the cards um or it's it's uh, it takes a little bit of information to crack that uh, to be able to to have a successful relationship because uh, that position um, for a person like you it would require a very specific woman to satisfy the the energy that's, <laughs> that's that I can see there but this way. <laughs> I, like I told you, it's not, this is a dangerous thing to do here. <laughs> yeah, well, then um,
1: swiftly, <laughs>
0: swiftly move You had
1: me <laughs> laughing. Wow. That, that, that was good, though. But um, you're probably right to a certain degree. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I. Um, Let's, l- let me tell you, because I also, what I do is I also look at the numerology, because obviously the, the language of the, the symbols, the numbers, uh, it's, it's uh, astrology, numerology, they always go hand in hand. So I had a look um, into your numerology from the date of birth, from the name as well. And you have master numbers that are showing up. I'm using um, Chaldean um, numerology, not the Western one. Mm, You have number 11 showing up, number 22. So the number, these are the master numbers and they talk about souls that have come here on a very specific um, mission. Number 11 is more to do with teaching and inspiring others, again, around those kind of esoteric higher knowledge, bringing down that kind of sacred wisdom, higher knowledge into this plane and anchoring it for others to be able to to, um, use it. And the number 22, that's a builder. So it's, it's like the 11 take it to the next level. 11 is doing the teaching, talking, inspiring, but 22 starts building and actually putting something in place that will be like a legacy. Um, you also have a strong presence of um, leadership. So, um, and I think I mentioned that to you before. Um, I don't think maybe we need to go too much into that, but I see you going forward slightly transforming from um and i don't really know how it's going to play out for you but right now you have this podcast and it's amazing but i see you taking even more of a leadership role however that is going to um play out for you um i think you going to take the game to the next level
1: oh wow that's that's amazing that's amazing this is amazing stuff this is so interesting like and you, and you get all this just from my birth date and the time of yeah. my birth and like um you know it's interesting and so it's, it's so interesting yeah i mean let me let me just
0: briefly explain why it works because i think that that often
1: yeah, doesn't i want the fans no yeah
0: yeah it, it's often not really well understood so how does it work in the context of what i explain with this mechanism above us It seems that when a soul comes in, whether it's soul from the outside or already from the inside, it's as if we have a barcode that's being basically read by this mechanism and it reads us, okay, who we are, what have we done in the past, what are our capabilities, what are our talents, and where can they sort of place us in this plane? And astrology is basically a code to read that kind of barcode but for us so that you basically what you get is you get a uh, like a like a screen not, not, not maybe a screenplay for for your life but you definitely get something that helps you understand what actually happened <laughs> what happened at birth what's been what's been sort of um how have you been read and what is the what is the purpose for you i do believe that in astrology a lot of markers a lot of things are to do with control and with to to do with sort of how to um plug into us to n- not not for the best reasons but i do believe that there are certain things there that are talking about the escape
1: wow, so it's that very sounds important. amazing
0: yeah so it's very important and that's actually the feeling the inner feeling the calling that is to do with that escape so wake up Understand the mechanism and follow the calling.
1: I love that. I love that. I think that's a good place to, you know, call it for today. But I mean, is there any? Is there anything else you wanted to tell the audience? Well, I want you to tell your website so people can come and get your services. I think this was amazing. Like you have amazing knowledge, first of all. I mean, this was, this was, this was amazing. I mean, uh-huh. can you tell everybody your website so they can find you and all that Thank- stuff? Thank you so much. I mean, definitely I just I just
0: want to I just want to say one thing that I actually don't consider myself an astrologer. I like to think of myself as someone who goes beyond astrology, and that's what I want to do for people. I want to show them the way out of astrology, how to go beyond, how to surpass it rather than be constantly controlled um, and manipulated. So I I offer readings to to help you understand exactly in what way you have been caught. By the system um, and my website is uh, selfmasteryquest.com um, so you're more than welcome to have a look um, yeah and I'll be happy to help anyone
1: yeah that's awesome and uh, thank you for again for doing this it was so good to catch up with you and I, I really respect your knowledge I think it's so great that you went in and you read all the ancient texts and you know like I, I love reading them myself I'm a big fan of the Gnostic texts, the Sumerian text, the Mayan texts, all of it. I, I mean, I love like Hermes and when he talks to Poimandres, like I'm wondering if that's like some kind of, you know, creator of all or source creator. And then the one where Hermes talks to Asclepius, like where he talks about Egypt. I mean, those are just amazing texts and Anki and Enlil. And it's all so interesting. So when I find someone else who's very interested, like you are, and you even i would say you know more than me you've read you've read deeper into the i
0: i i i think that there's so much out there and there's so much to explore that i definitely don't see myself as any level of expert or or i, I wouldn't compare me and you you definitely um, seeing your astrology numerology you know you, you definitely have it all going on there to do an amazing job and which is something that you're already doing
1: Oh thank you. But I mean I I I really respect I love the fact that you get into the ancient texts too. I I'd love those. And uh yeah, but thank you for doing this. Oh, and one thing I wanted to ask you about too. I heard you have a bangle cat. Like that's so cool. Like is that like a um is that like they're they're like a a rarity, right? They're they're very rare
0: um I I, I'm not sure if they are rare but they definitely are very special they are very very feisty they have a very um strong character so if you just want a cat who's kind of mostly sitting there and 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 hardly ever seen or heard that's not a cat for you trust me Mm -hmm. (laughs) he he, he argues with me more than any boyfriend I've ever had (laughs)
1: They have a personality, right? They have a, they have a, they have a. They have a they, I've, I've read about them. I heard they're they're very active and they, they like water. And I heard they're they're very active cats and stuff like that. That's why, I, yeah.
0: Absolutely, they, they really are. And uh, I I happen to live in a in a in an area where he has access to to a forest and and sort of wildlife. So unfortunately, I do get the odd mouse or or a bird as a. Um, Yeah, as a present. But um, yeah, I'm totally against that, to be fair. However,
1: one thing I wanted to ask you real quick was, uh, I mean, like, because I, you know, talk a lot about the paranormal on my show. Do you think as well that cats can see things that we can? I think they have some kind of x-ray vision. Like, I think they can see a ghost or a spirit sometimes where we can't. Have you, have you thought
0: about Absolutely. this? I, not only I thought about it, but I've seen it myself. So I, I actually, one of my cats, um, it was several months ago. Um, there was something in the house and I could kind of sense it that something um, arrived. But I could obviously not see it. I just could kind of feel it and sense it. And he actually physically could see it because um, at some point he started hissing and he never does that. Grounding wow. And
1: hissing,
0: yeah, at a specific corner uh, where my sort of chimney is and, and the TV stands next to it. There's absolutely nothing there. There was nobody there. And there was nothing to be seen by me. By remember, our spectrum of sight is extremely limited, which is by design, by the way. So yes, yes, exactly.
1: The electromagnetic light like spectrum, we only see 5% of it. You know? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So they definitely see much more than us and they can sense that they probably spend much more time out there than even down here. So well, let me us- ask you this. Did you
1: sage your house or anything? Did you get rid of what was in there? or what, Did you have more contact with it or what happened?
0: I mean, I, uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't anything, uh, it wasn't <laughs> bad.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, I
0: mean, it, it wasn't positive. It wasn't overly bad, but it needed to go. And yeah, I, I got rid of it. Let's put
1: it this way. That's good. That's good. Well, it was really nice meeting you and I'll, uh, I'll keep in touch with you and I'll send you a link when I post this.
0: Thank you so much. And yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. Thank you for having me.
1: Okay. Uh, talk to you soon. Thanks, Rob. Thanks. Bye.